Welcome to Rush Hockey Talk, brought to you by Rush Hockey, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Katorji, and this is our podcast series. This is definitely the place to be if you want to learn how to pave your way in the world of youth hockey. So get ready, because you're going to hear some amazing interviews with premier personalities, coaches, scouts, players, celebrities. We got them all. Rush Hockey for over 25 years, experts in evaluation, over 10,000 alumni. It's unmatched. It's Rush Hockey Talk, and it's here. Today on Rush Hockey Talk, another college expert in our series of college experts. Today we have a good friend of Rush Hockey, a friend that we've known for probably close to 20 years now. His name's Ted Wisner. Ted Wisner is from the University of St. Lawrence, or more accurately, St. Lawrence University. He's been involved in college hockey in the boys and the girls' side, I believe. And we have him on the line right now. Ted, how are you? Great. How are you today, Kelly? I'm doing great. Thanks uh, for helping us out. Now, just to confirm your history, as a college coach, I believe it's been on the women's side, both as a head coach and an assistant coach, but I think you got your start in prep school hockey. Can you give us a little history on your background? Um, Actually, I was coaching at Canton High School um, in the mid-90s, finishing out some schooling, um, I was doing some grad work at St. Lawrence, getting my master's of education and, um, the women's head coach at the time, who is an alum and dear friend of the program called, uh, the Canton high school coach and, and asked if she could speak with me because she had no assistant at the time. So I joined St. Lawrence women's hockey somewhere around the winter of November of 1990. I'm going to guess 1997. Wow, it's a long time. Yes. Yes, it is. So your St. Lawrence staff, could you introduce everyone to them? And just an interesting anecdote, your staff has been together for, I believe, 11 straight years. Now, I would think that amongst the coaching body, that is the longest that a group of three have remained. So it's sort of a, a testament to the consistency. Yeah, uh, we've been very lucky. Chris and I grew up together. Um, Mara was with me uh, for Paul's last year, Paul Flanagan's last year here at St. Lawrence. And uh, when Paul left, um, Chris was on the men's side. Chris also uh, was a captain here. His dad was the chair of the government department for years. So uh, Chris had a lot, has a lot of history here at St. Lawrence, as do I getting my master's. And uh, Mayor has just been an integral part of our program as well. So we've been very fortunate. Uh, we still get along uh, well enough where we'll run together every once in a while or five days a week, however you want to look at it. And um, it, it's it's just been a great experience the last 11 years. So just, just so everyone knows, it's Chris Wells, Mayor's last name, uh, Bari, yeah. So Mara Bari and myself. Do you all res- uh, have you all resided in that local area for the entire eleven years? We all live a half mile within one another. <laughs> wow! So this really is a tight knit uh, yeah. staff. Yeah. Well, Canton isn't that big a place, but uh, we all live, um, you know, very close uh, in the village. 
within walking distance to campus and, and uh, the town. So to all the listeners out there, if you've ever met Ted or his staff for that matter, you know that they're pretty friendly and outgoing and, and of course, well loved amongst the, the, the college recruitment community. In fact, Ted, just to, to beat your drum a little bit, I do get calls quite regularly about St. Lawrence and they, they are oftentimes saying great things. And again, that's a, a testament to uh, your consistency and I assume your, your love for doing this. Did you ever think that you would be pushing 11 years straight with one school in women's hockey? Well, actually 15, but, um, uh, because there, there was a little bit of a change, but no, um, been very fortunate. My daughter is now uh, 15 and a half and for her to be able to grow up in a, in a safe community with a very good school system and experience, um, a very safe, well-rounded life is, is, is the, has been the best piece. Um, me loving my job and, and being able to do what I can do, um, and allow Gina and Molly and my wife, Ginger, to, to be in a safe community has been awesome. Over the course of the 20 plus years that I've been involved, you're one of the few people that truly loves being in the arena. I sort of compare you to a, a good friend of mine. His name's Dave Quinn. Um, one thing he said to me one time, he's the head coach of the New York Rangers presently, and his comment to me was, you never know who you're going to meet and at an arena, it's always exciting. And I've always thought you had the same philosophy. Going to the arena is pretty fun for you, isn't it? Yeah. It ranks up there with uh, unsweetened iced tea in the Montreal Expos. <laughs> now, there's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> I re- which, which is difficult in the GTA because really the only place you can get unsweetened iced tea uh, in the GTA is Starbucks. Interesting. I did not know you were an iced tea man. I always thought you were a coffee guy. No, straight unsweetened iced tea. No lemon, no sugar. So one of the funny things about being in an arena, of course, is catching kids on good days and bad days. Like we talk all the time in this office. And one of my favorite stories is with you in particular, you were sort of a regular at one of our events called Prospects in the Day, which sort of has rebranded to Rush Hockey. And for whatever reason, me and you were on a bench. I don't know how it happened. Oh, I remember. <laughs> we were talking, and this little, tiny little player <laughs> rounded the net and fired a pass. He was a right shot, fired a pass up the boards, and we both looked at each other and went, who the heck is that? Can you tell us a story about that player? Amanda Bully is your name. I remember that day quite well, even though it was a long time ago. I was on the bench coaching various games for the Prospects event, and my day uh, ended on the bench around 5 or 6 that night night, and decided to stick around and just watch a few games from up top. And there seemed to be uh, an issue with with some coaches not – uh, making the their last couple of shifts. So you would ask me to jump on the bench for the last game of the day, which I believe started at 10 o'clock. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem, I'll do it. And um, 
sure enough, um, just when you least expect it, there is uh, a kid there who's playing excellent defense and knows what to do with the puck and ended up just being a really great player for us. She ended up coming to St. Lawrence. She ended up being our all-time leading defensive scorer in the program, and uh, it was it was just a great night that uh, somebody missed their chance, and, and I was – Dumb enough to say, sure, I'll take that for you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I guess the the old adage is true. You never know what you're going to run into at any time in an arena. And it ended up a player for you named Amanda Boulier, who was tremendous. It's amazing how that happened. I'll never forget the look on your face when she sort of fired that puck uh, up the boards. It was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. And that's that's the kind of stuff that does make being in an arena quite fun. Absolutely. So let's talk about girls hockey today. Sure. Of course, being so long involved, you have an expertise, there's no doubt. So compare female hockey today, let's just arbitrarily say 10 years ago. Do you find a, a big difference between players today versus 10 years ago or, 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 or longer or 15? Well, I think that there's just so many more girls playing right now um, at the, at the youth levels that um, the, the skating is, is just far better across the board. Um, and that's the biggest difference. It, it still is uh, um, much harder to find players that, um, can skate like the wind, keep their head up, and have a rocket shot. So, you know, those are fewer. But um, there are so many girls playing right now that can skate, and there's enough opportunities for them between, you know, D1 in the U.S. and the U Sports and D3 in the U.S. It, there, there's, there's a spot for everyone. Um, and with – the amount of girls that are skating at a high pace, there's op- there's more opportunity. So it, it's been it's been very good that way. Um, it is tougher to um, to scout nowadays uh, because you can you can see you know twelve really good skaters in one game versus two or three back in the mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and um, you you really need to uh, evaluate more because once you see that a kid can skate and then you've got to be able to see, okay, they can skate. Now let's see how well they see the ice and how good are their hands, which is a little bit tougher to evaluate than 10 years ago when you saw a kid skate, they really didn't need to know the game that well in order to be quote unquote elite because no one else could skate with them. So now that, now that there's enough legs for everyone to keep up with one another, the the difference there becomes uh, the stick in 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 uh, hockey sense. So, All right, so let let's then talk about the type of player that you generally show interest in. We we've debated a lot on players of the years. It's a lot of fun because we could be standing in an arena watching the exact same player, and we and, and we leave with a completely different report on that player. In your case. 
you have such a well-rounded team. Typically, how do you go about choosing your players? Um. Well, the 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 off ice stuff really matters a lot to us. Um, how well they do in the classroom, their um, their references from their coaches and from other people that we've gotten to know through the years. It's, hockey is still a small world, and um, it's it's really it's really easy to evaluate, especially in person, when you ask a coach or an advisor about a kid. If they, you know, just jump off the table and say, what a great kid. I mean, it's, it's easy to pick, but, um, it's, it's really a a threefold decision for us. It's the academics, it's the social piece. Will they fit in with everyone in the locker room? And then, um, notwithstanding, or the most important piece would be the on ice and can they help us win some hockey games? So over the course of then 20 plus years, evaluating has become quite difficult. And I'm sure you're going to agree with this. And the reason is younger evaluation, younger recruiting. So let's talk about it. So what's your opinion on the state of girls hockey from a standpoint of how young kids are committing to schools or how young colleges are actually watching kids play we talk about this quite a bit and i'm curious to know your opinions on it and how you think you know the future is going to end up well so it is very difficult to evaluate what grade nine kids are going to be like on the ice when they're in grade 12 or first year in college there's no doubt about that um Grade ten, as they get older, the grade ten kids, we're okay. Um, we feel we, you know, we we've done a decent job evaluating some grade ten kids that that will be um, kids that that won't miss for us on the ice. Um, but there's there's you're it's still up to chance to to answer your question more directly. Um, the early recruiting that that has happened with the girls that are currently in college right now hasn't been bad. Um, there haven't been too many cases of um, the relationship between recruit and college um, sp- splitting. It, it just hasn't happened that much. There hasn't been a lot of decommitments for the for the reason of on ice um, production. Does that make sense? Yeah. makes um, complete sense. Now this is uh, it's a, it's a new world out there um, with grade nines and you know, a lot of them committing. So that could change over the next, my statement could change over the next three or four years. Uh, it does seem like it is getting early and earlier, but there are some rules that may be coming into play over the next four to six months. And, and at that point we'll have to figure out what state we're in currently. Um, it, it does look like there, there is a lot of early yeah. stuff, early decisions going on right now. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. it's really up in the air, how it's going to, how it's going to end up for both parties, not only the colleges. 
What about some kids that I've heard who are in grade eight that have committed to schools? Why in the world is that happening? Is that panic, you think, by schools trying to maybe maintain supremacy or or I mean, I can't even I, I can't even think of another reason other than panic. But, you know, how do you think those kids will fare? And then part two of that question is there are rumblings. and I'm sure you can educate all of us on this as well, that the rules are going to change in the near future. And let's assume that the future was tomorrow. What happens with new rules and a kid who may be committed yeah. now, grade eight or nine? It's, I'm going to have to leave that one He's, alone. I mean, if, if you go on the websites sure we and see there are some eighth graders committed, and I don't want to speak for those schools that are recruiting eighth graders, and it's not fair for me to do, but... Um, there's certainly, as you recruit younger, chances um, increase with regards to their first decision um, being what makes it through the through the process for them. So, okay, uh, an example of a new rule that could be passed would be no communication, no commitments to anyone under grade eleven. So let's talk about a grade nine then. So if a grade nine is committed, how do schools sort of maintain communication with that player? I mean, they can't, can they? Currently, yes. So um, the the uh, at the end of a phone call with with someone that a college coach can't initiate contact with, um, you just set up the next phone call. And, and hope that, you know, th- that scheduling works out well where the phone rings and you're able to answer it. So that's, that's about all you can do. So then am I accurate in saying that in the future, which is near future, one of the rules that I'm hearing rumblings about that it, they'd like to change is in fact communication and third party communication. Is that true? Oh, uh, Yes. Okay, so what is third-party communication? Well, I think um, using go-betweens, coaches, um, advisors, people like yourself, to to set up communication through um, that technically would would not be allowed. Interesting. All right, what about let, let's let's slide away from that a bit. What about where geographically or within a geographic region a child plays? You're the perfect example of a school that recruits from everywhere. And we only have two or three minutes left, but give me an example of, in your opinion, where kids come from. Does it matter to you? No. Um, it, it's... It has it hasn't really happened by design for us, but we've been somewhere around fifty fifty U.S. Canadian, and we mm-hmm. you know one of our goalies right now is from New Zealand, and we've had an Italian goalie in the past. So wow, we, um, but um, really, you you want the best kids, the best students, and the best players on the ice, and if you get all of that, you're going to have a fairly successful program. Where they come from for us really doesn't matter. Um, but we have, um, really enjoyed 
the fact that we've got different players coming in from different cultures and, and they all seem to really work well together and, and our, and our head coach has done, you know, a pretty good job in, in, in setting the, the quote unquote culture here. And we haven't, we, we've had a real nice run in and out of the locker room for the last five or six years. Ted Wisner is the assistant coach at St. Lawrence university, 11 years running. He's a friend of ours. And if you meet him in an arena, he would quickly become a friend of yours. He's a great guy. Ted, thanks so much for helping us today. You got it. Thanks, Kelly. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Rush Hockey Talk, the place to be to get informed about youth hockey. Rush Hockey Talk, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. 